So Gary Dick is from InsideIndianaBusiness.com. You've seen uh, pictures. Me, I'm Tony Katz from WIBC. You have also seen pictures and maybe some video. It was tasteful. I'm not embarrassed. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Great to be with you. And Gary Dick had a conversation with Dave Ricks of Eli Lilly, who's been making uh, some, some noise and some news regarding his views on education and what's going on right here in the state of Indiana. I want to get uh, to that. Uh, Gary Dick joins us right now on the drivehubler.com hotline. Before we get to that story, though, uh, you have a story uh, which really is not even business related, but it's about Children's Bureau. And, and they're the ones that I've done a cooking thing with them. For, for a few years. I haven't done it recently. And of course, COVID uh, hasn't been uh, recently. They changed their name. The Children's Bureau changed uh, their, their name uh, to, to something called the Firefly Children and Family Alliance. Um, this was a merger. This was just a, a rebranding. I, when, when you have a charity that works, I find it weird that you would change a name. So I was curious as to what you know about that story. Yeah, you know, t- truthfully, I don't know a lot, but you're right. That brand has been around for a long time, and uh, the Children's Bureau you know, is focused on child abuse uh, prevention, the family. Uh, they've done amazing work over the years, and uh, unfortunately, one of their longtime leaders, Ron Carpenter, just passed away. He had such a tremendous impact on the community. But uh, but you're right, and, and I think you're seeing, and whether or not this is part of that, I don't know, but in the nonprofit sector around the country, you, you know, based on a number of factors, including the economy coming out of the coming out of the pandemic, merging, coming together of organizations to uh, become stronger as uh, two organizations coming together rather than uh, going independently. So don't know what's behind it, but it, I, I, it did catch my attention too. Because that Children's Bureau name has been uh, has been in the uh, in the market in, in Indiana for a long time. Yeah. Children's Bureau merged with Families First, so I'm very curious to see uh-huh. how they go. I've I, I've I hear good things. I, I've I've done some work uh, to be uh, a supportive. I'm curious just to see how it, it goes forward. But let's get into this this conversation that you had with uh, Dave Ricks, the CEO of Eli Lilly. And, and, and I will not dig into you, dig in with you uh, regarding my, my thoughts on some of the moves uh, that as a CEO he has made in the social sphere, but rather his conversations, uh, his comments that were made uh, to the uh, in, was it Indiana Economic Club. I'm a member. I don't even remember the name of it. Right. Um, yep. in, in about education, he was... I think rather forceful and rather clear in the idea that Indiana is failing to provide uh, education in a way that prepares America for what's ahead. What did he tell you? Well, it was interesting, Tony, the way he he framed it, because he said, uh, you know, when you look at the the metrics, when you look at the numbers, Indiana stacks up pretty well when it comes to tax climate, uh, overall business climate, those traditional measures of uh, of economic development and and when businesses go to expand or or look to relocate what they look at. What he is concerned about, and and he says that policymakers and the state need to focus on uh, more uh, uh, more straightforwardly is that education area, upskilling the workforce, what he calls some of the hidden business costs, the unhealthiness of Indiana. We continue to be an unhealthy state when it comes to smoking, obesity, some of those measures as well, driving up the cost uh, of benefits and insurance uh, for companies, quality of life. A lot of Indiana communities have been doing things in that regard. But his argument is those are the things that today in the quote-unquote new economy companies are looking at uh, even more so or certainly as much 
as, if not more so, than, than, uh, than tax climate. He cited, uh, as an example, uh, Intel. You know, Indiana was a finalist in that competition for this massive project, $20 billion um, investment by Intel to build two chip plants, 20,000 jobs uh, to come with that potentially over the next number of years. It went to neighboring state Ohio. Indiana could not commit to, as I understand it, commit to those 20,000 jobs that Ohio could because apparently their training, their upskilling system can can uh, can produce, that pipeline can produce the, uh, so, the talent that they need. So let's now discuss where that comes from. Is this a conversation of universities not doing a good enough job uh, at teaching? Is this about high schools not being fully uh, prepared? Is this about the entirety of, of Governor Holcomb's next level theory, right? This this is his bread and butter. This is his thing. It's totally unsexy, but it was supposed to bring value to upskill a workforce to be able to handle it. Is this Rick saying that one of these things or all three of these things are just sizzling hot garbage? Yeah, no, I, I don't think he's singling out any, any one or anything in particular, but, uh, you know, to me, it, it, it's, it runs the gamut. It's the business communities, the university, the academic community, and that's not just the four-year institutions. Very importantly, it's two-year colleges and universities in the state. It goes down to the high school level. Even gets into, you could argue, the culture of the state of Indiana and do we value two-year associate degrees and those stackable degrees and the kinds of uh, educational opportunities that give uh, a broader range of people opportunities post high school. So I think you can point to a number of areas. Uh, uh, Teresa Lovers, the outgoing commissioner of the Indiana Commission for Higher Education, I think did a lot of things uh, in that regard and and in in pushing Indiana to get to, uh, I think it's 60, you know, basically 67% of uh, Hoosiers with at least some uh, post high school education because we're not there yet as a state. And that's a, that's a problem. And I think that's what the, the concern is that's what the argument is. And if you look at Lilly, you know, I mentioned Intel, you know, Lilly made an announcement in January, I think it was, they're investing a billion dollars, 600 jobs in a new plant in North Carolina. Now, I'm not clear whether Indiana was a player in that, whether there was intention there. But again, those investments, he, Dave Ricks made the point, hey, we've been in Indiana for 100 and whatever it is, 40 plus years, we're going to remain here. But where those future investments go, I think, will will depend on, on maybe some of these other areas like education, upskilling, and those kinds of things. The question before us, talking to Gary Dick inside IndianaBusiness.com, did he set out a roadmap? Here are the five things, the three things, the two things, the seven things that we need to be doing right now and that in five years will provide us uh, a dividends. Did he discuss that at all? Not a roadmap because this was part of a broader interview. We talked about the uh, the outlook for the company, which is very bullish on the next 10 years, thinks it can be historic growth, uh, diabetes, a uh, uh, number of uh, oncology, uh, Alzheimer's and other drugs in the pipeline. So this was, you know, more or less a 50,000 foot level conversation. And I, I will point out it, what struck me is I think that kind of discussion from the CEO of one of the state's you know, biggest and most iconic companies, that's what needs to happen. I mean, there needs to be that that discussion and that will lead ultimately to action to bring people together, the business community, uh, academic community, political leaders, you know, when you look at that at that piece as well. So I think everyone needs to be engaged in it. But I, And I think it could be or should be maybe a wake-up call, especially that Intel 
uh, investment in neighboring states. We were competitive, uh, but didn't win that that kind of thing. Those are the kinds of uh, game-changing deals that Indiana needs to land. Uh, I'm as bothered by not getting the Intel deal as anybody else out there. That's unbelievably frustrating. $20, $20 billion that quite easily should have been ours, could have been ours. Mm-hmm. But have, yeah. I, I, I must say that, you know, at, at, I don't mind Rick's having the conversation. I can agree or disagree, engage, et cetera. But without the, for me, without the, hey, here's here's some things that could be happening on the university side right now, we're, we're, we're kind of hosed. Has there been any response from the governor's office at all? Not, not, not to this point. The interview was, you know, aired this weekend, so have not, have not heard anything. But those conversations, and you know, you, you mentioned where, where does, where does it start? Is it, is it is in the, is it in the high schools? Very quickly, interesting stories and how this can, this whole pipeline thing can happen. Napanee, Indiana, rural Indiana, Amish country. They started a robotics program there. A teacher, um, they won the world championships in robotics. 12 teams were there, nine from China, one from Hong Kong, two from Napanee, Indiana. So, uh, and again, these robotics programs put those uh, STEM-related workers into the pipeline. So if it can happen in Napanee, it can happen elsewhere. And I think uh, maybe there's a sense of or a level of apathy maybe in some of the rural areas around the state that, that needs to change as well. 